What's up, everybody? I am super excited to bring you all the very first episode of my new podcast that I'm calling Sports and Torts. For those who don't know me, first off, it is absolutely awesome that you found your way to this podcast, and I'm just so very appreciative of the time that you're taking to listen. Uh, My name is Joshua Stein, and I'm a lawyer in Atlanta, Georgia, and my main interests are in sports, law, and business. So what I wanted to do was marry those three into a podcast that gives me a forum to, to frankly get those thoughts on these subjects out of my brain uh, by talking to them, uh, by talking about them with my friends and colleagues. So I guess I could have called this sports and the law, but sports and torts is obviously catchier and torts is really just a fancy way of saying the kind of law that my firm, the J Stein Law Firm, practices, which is personal injury work. My vision for the show is to create a cross between two of my favorite podcasts, The Tim Ferriss Show, where I will focus episodes on the law and the habits of successful lawyers and what makes them good at their jobs. And then the second is Golf Subpar, where I want to sit around with my friends and have fun and just talk about sports. So the goal is simple, to educate, inform, and entertain you all the best I can in the areas of sports, law, and business. So without further ado, I want to introduce to everybody the very first guest that I'm having on this podcast, my good friend, Jason Gans. I've known Jason since high school. We were roommates at UGA, and we have been to and watched countless UGA games together over the years and discussed countless games over the years. I've always found Jason to be very informed and and well-read and unbiased and knowledgeable about sports and specifically about college football and UGA football. So what better place to kick off this podcast than with a conversation with Jason about UGA football and the upcoming college football playoffs. I truly hope you all enjoy this. Jason, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well and I'm honored to be the first guest on this new podcast. I will say I'm somewhat disappointed that I never made your Instagram feed. Um, maybe this is telling me something I need to slim down, you know, I, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I take, uh, I appreciate the kind introduction, but I will say that the unbiased is you're being too kind there. Uh, I certainly am biased. Everything I look at is sort of... Uh, through a you know red and black colored lens as it relates to college football, I think I give a fair assessment, but there's there's certainly a uh, a tint there. So uh, excited for this new podcast! I say you're going to give Clay Travis a run for his money. Um, <laughs> That'd be great. And, uh, yeah, we could we could uh, you know, tweet at him a bunch. Travis. Yep. Yep. So. Well, well, look, I appreciate you being my first guest. Um, how do you think we're doing so far? Technical stuff working. You don't sound nervous. Hopefully, I don't sound nervous. Well, you got Tito's and vodka, <laughs> Tito's and, uh, and Topa Chica flowing. Yeah. So that's yeah. you know check right. The well, setup looks great, but I just want I want a call option on this right. So we're in episode one. I want a call op- call option on episode one hundred. There you go. You're in. There You're we in. go. Write it down. All right. Yeah. So so you did kind of set the stage. Um, we are together. We are in the same room. Uh, we sitting at my kitchen table actually, um, did some tests, sound came out really good here, so that's what we're gonna try. Um, we did just pour a Topo Chico and Tito's. We poured them into my new J Stein Law Firm Yeti mugs. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Neil Halpern, Halpern Imports for putting those together for us. Good job, Rooster. <laughs> um, speaking of Topo Chico, I think, that, I think that you were the one that first introduced 
all of us at Topo. Is that right? I believe so. I've got to give some credit to my lovely wife. Uh, she is a Texican. And uh, as such, they've been, you know, they've been drinking this since birth. Uh, so on my many trips to Dallas, uh, I started slugging Topo Chico. It's delicious. Um, for those of you out there that, that aren't uh, getting amongst it in a nod to our friends at, at Subpar, uh, you should get amongst it with Topo Chico. Well, the, the flavored water, sparkling water, that, that game has just exploded. But can we all agree that the undefeated, undisputed champion is Topo Chico? I, yeah, I don't, I don't even think it's debatable. So can we have them sponsor this first show? I, you know, listen, this is you're an Atlanta-based attorney. Topo Chico has been acquired by Coca-Cola. I think it would be criminal for Coke not to have uh, Topo Chico sponsor this. Boom. We have our first sponsor. Now, they don't know that. Well, we'll we'll let them know. They're they're not going to be paying us anything for this, but hey, if anybody anybody at Topo Chico is listening, we work for Topo Chico. We don't need money. Send a few cases. We we work for for Topo Chico. All right. Well, anyway, let's let's get right to it. Maybe a hat. (laughs) Let's get right to it. So, um, you were at the SEC Championship game. True. You had very good seats. I did. Um, I went back and, and looked at the text messages that we exchanged around the game. I cannot read them here today <laughs> thank you the the first quarter of the text messages were very happy the the quarters two through four and afterwards were not very happy um the game did not go well for us so my first question to you is talk to me and talk to all of us about where where is your headspace where it's december 17th we're two weeks post that game two weeks before the next game like Where's your headspace about where this team is at yeah it's a great question and a great way to sort of start everything off so i was at the game um you look, it was disappointing. Um, I not only do I think, did I think Georgia was a better team? I thought Georgia would cover. I, I didn't think it was going to be a close game. <clears throat> um, I think that we got away from what we did. I thought we got a little cute. I thought we didn't get pressure on Bryce Young, and he was able to sit back there and absolutely carve us up. All credit to Alabama. They, they played great. They did what they had to do. They got it done, and, and, and quite frankly, we didn't. Um, so where's my headspace? Uh, I, look, I like to keep it in between the fairways. In the fairway. In you call balls and strikes. Yeah, I do. I, I think that uh, – I still think Georgia's a great team. I think we need to get back to just a, a absolutely stifling defense – Right, I think our defensive line needs to crater the other team's offensive line. I think we need to send those super fast linebackers up the middle and not give someone like Bryce Young a uh, you know you time to sit back and cover us up. To answer your question directly, I'm still optimistic, right? Yeah, I think, I, I think I think I am too. Um, I think that some of our friends and and Lord knows plenty of Georgia fans are are just by by nature doom and gloom because of the failures and the the, the close misses. Is that right? Word close miss. Um, yeah, that, that, that we've had. So um, I'm optimistic too. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard some Georgia fans that that are just like the sky's falling, and I just, I just I just don't feel that way. I, I think that we still have the best talent of the four. That's right. Um, I think that we match up, frankly, match up good against Alabama. We'll get to that later, but I think we match up good against these teams. And um, I think I mean the coaches they're certainly not holding their heads. I mean, what do you think they've been working on the last couple of weeks to try to get 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 things right? Yeah, I mean, look. I think as as a fan base, sometimes I mean, look, fan is short for fanatic, right? Fans take things harder than than, than the coaches, right? They move on. Uh, listen, Nick Saban has free rent in Kirby's head. Everybody knows that. There's a reason that no assistant coach until 
that idiot Jimbo Fisher beat him this year. What is it? It was 23-0 versus assistant coaches. There's a reason for that. The guy's the greatest coach of all time, right? So, yeah, look, Kirby's getting smacked around a little bit. Fine. But I think they've moved on. The players, listen, these kids are 18 to 22 years old. They don't have the PTSD that or, or the, the... They don't have the scars that we have. They don't have the scars that we have. They didn't walk out of, of the Mercedes-Benz in 2017 when Devontae Smith caught it, you know, 20... So they don't know that. I, I, listen, I think that they, these guys are ready to go. To your point, they're still the best team out there. Does it matter that the defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, just left? I mean, it doesn't help, right? But no, I mean, listen, Kirby, uh, there's things you could question Kirby on. But but one thing you can't uh, question him on is sort of roster management as well as coaches, right? So you've got fortunate enough to have Will Muschamp, right, as an analyst now he had to you know get the battlefield promotion this year to take over special teams but the guy is a fantastic defensive coordinator i always i always viewed him not right for the head coaching correct role. yeah he, he he would be yelling at the refs his forehead is just yeah. pulsing he's got veins um i think that that i'm assuming they moved into dc is that so is that he's kind of the- him and and schumann are co-defensive coordinators now apparently i went back and looked Glenn Schumann was co-defensive coordinator with Dan Landing. It's a, a BS title to you know pay him more and and keep him from taking another job. But currently, it's Muschamp, and it's actually kind of cool what Kirby did. So he promoted Muschamp and and uh, kept Schumann. So they're co-DCs. He effectively demoted Landing. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. The guy's about right. to go make four and a half million dollars a year as Oregon side coach. But so Landing only has outside linebacker responsibilities through the playoffs. So you keep him on. You keep the continuity. You you promote those guys and then Lanning can still do his other thing you know with with Oregon um, as he should right yeah as he should so that's a good move by Kirby no I I I think we'll be fine and I think Kirby his stamp is on the defense anyway Mm -hmm. he's he's calling the shots it's Kirby's defense I'm not I'm not worried about that yeah um but the one thing I am worried about, and the, and the, well, I should say worried about, but one thing that is just constantly talked about, oh, you know, I'm going to ask going. here. I know where he's going uh, with this. Ev- every Georgia fan, non-Georgia fan, asks the question, who should be the starting quarterback for Georgia? JT Daniel or Stetson Bennett? Now, I have been on record for a long time about this, and, and you have too. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a debatable subject. Where are you at now after seeing Stetson, what he did versus Alabama, where are you at now? Yeah, so obviously I knew you were going to ask this question. It's it's you know forefront of every Georgia fan. Um, this could be a podcast in itself. We could do an hour on uh, just on this, and and we could have some. We've really, got plenty of topo, we've got a lot of vodka, and uh, we've got some passionate fans. So I'll say this: I'm going to try to be concise. I think JT Daniels is the more talented quarterback. I think that's been evident with the South Carolina game this year, the Mississippi State game last year. The guy could sling it. Now that being said, something's going on. Right, I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. We've all heard the rumors. He's a head case. There's an injury. His parents are involved. Who knows? Um, at the end of the day, Kirby and uh, and Munkin make the decision, and I think that they're going to roll with Stet for better or for worse. Um, it, listen, I think I, I've got to say this actually because it, it wouldn't be complete without saying this. It's fair to judge Kirby on his quarterback selection. Sure, he's sure. made some made some mistakes, big mistakes. Made some mistakes over the years. So, look, that's one area that we can criticize him. Um, but I, I, you know, look, I think at on twelve thirty one, barring like uh, the mailman getting hit by by it's truck stats. And so, so here's where, here's where I'm at. Um, the the anger and the 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 hatred by some people um, for Stetson Bennett, I don't understand. And here's why. Stetson Bennett has been has done everything that was asked of him. He came back to Georgia 
after he left, he has, he's, you know, he's not six, six, he's not 250 pounds. He's limited in what he is able to do. He's getting the most out of what he can based on what his abilities are. And he's done a good job. And, and so Kirby has asked him to do certain things. He's done them to the best of his ability because he's the only one that seemingly is able to or capable or the, the, or the coaching staff trust to do. And that's where I fall because, you know, I, 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 I get it. The, the bouquets, the backup quarterback, especially when it's a five-star big recruit had success last year. I get it. Everybody loves a backup quarterback, but let's ask, why is he the backup quarterback? What is going on? Is it he's hurt? Is it something with his, his dad won't let him play? Is it something he just can't get the offense? Does he not care him and Kirby? Something's, I, something's going on. And so if, if, if people are angry, I think Stetson is the wrong person to be angry at. Well, I'll throw a question back. So, okay, you, you bring up a group. Stetson is a, without using all the cliches that they use for a gritty five foot ten white quarterback, right? Like he, yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's a real uh, gym rat, you know? Yeah. He, yeah no, he, he's been fantastic. Look, he's not the most physically gifted person, right? Uh, but he's done awesome. He does have some wheels. People do, you know, tend to forget that the guy can scramble. He didn't do a great job of the SEC championship game. There's a few times where he probably could have gotten 30 yards on the scramble. He didn't do that. Um, but uh, the question I want to throw back to you is, what does the quarterback room look like next year, right? Yeah. With, with They could both come back. Stetson can come back as well as JT Daniels can come back. You've got all these wonky COVID rules. So what is it? Who's the starting quarterback I against don't know, but Oregon, Dan Lanning's Oregon, could, uh, and Mercedes-Benz next yeah. year? People will lose their minds. Lose their minds. <laughs> if Stetson comes back and he's QB1 again. But you got Brock Vander and Gunnar Stockton. You'll have three five-star quarterbacks behind the guy that's my wife's height. We've seen that happen before. Three five-star quarterbacks and none of them worked out. But uh, I think that the, the bigger question for you and me is how have we gone two minutes on the subject and Sean Traub's name hasn't oh, come God. up yet. Oh, he's so, so our friend Sean Traub, shout Dr. out Dr. to you. You're passionate. We love you. Uh, this, this this topic gets him going. He, uh, <laughs> I, I've I've been you know on the Stetson Bennett I guess train for a while, and he sent a text the other day. He said, he said, <laughs> he said, your your position on Stetson Bennett infuriates me. He said it infuriates him. I get the phone calls. He gets the phone calls. Yeah. So anyway, Sean, we love you. Uh, you know Stetson. I, I think is going to be our quarterback the next two two games. I I'd think we're I think we're going to win both, and I think that he's going to ultimately, you know, his name is going to be in Georgia lore forever. And that's just how it is. I mean, can so, we also talk one one last thing before we move off that topic? In twenty twenty one, going into twenty twenty two, a quarterback with a chew in his mouth on the sidelines. I mean, my lord, you don't see that anymore. This isn't Pete Rose in nineteen eighty seven. You know, taking yeah, out knee. No, you're right. You right. got somebody with a chew. You're right. You're right. Okay, so. My question for the game is, and this is a kind of an, I don't know, a very uncomplicated take, but my question is, is Michigan the typical, you know, Big Ten team, slow, big, uh, and they go up against the SEC teams of the world and bowl games and get blown out? Is, is, that, is that what we're looking at, or is this a different bunch? I think um – I think it's a typical Michigan team. I, I'm not going to say they're necessarily real, you know, big Midwesterners. They do have some talent, right? Led by Aiden Hutchinson on on the edge, six foot six, two hundred sixty pound, you know, edge rusher. They've got another guy on the other side, um, David Ojabo or something like that. Between the two of them, they got like ninety sacks this year. I mean, so those guys are coming off the edge. Now, who who have they played against? I guess that's not what they say about Georgia. Um, 
on the offense, you know, they've, they're led by Hassan Hawkins. He rushed for something like 1,200 yards this year, and they've got a second uh, running back. That's pretty good, too. They are, they're not, you know, a, a spread Bryce Young, you know, run some 12 yard slants. Thank but, goodness, because over the yeah. years, those are the teams that have traditionally given us fits, right? I think Georgia matches up really well with, with Michigan, honestly. So, like, to answer your question, you know, are they big? Are they, are they slow? Probably overall, but they've got some studs. They do have. They're not a bad team. Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh might be a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> he, saved get his, he saved his job. He saved his job. I, I know that we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but he's probably the most overrated coach of all time. And I've got a whole diatribe I can get into there. So is is this the game that? that UGA's defense gets right again. I mean, is Jordan Davis not hands on his hip? What was up with that, by the way? Yeah, look, when you're 360, right, I think it's tough. He's not a three-down lineman, right? He's typically, he plays two downs, uh, you know, and then then comes out. Um, 360, is tough to lug that around. Uh, listen, I, I put a lot of the blame in that game on Kirby, uh, but you're right. Like, Jordan Davis was kind of dragging ass a bit. Um, I say Kirby, but whoever's calling the defensive play, the defensive philosophy, the defensive philosophy was bad. So does he get right this time? I think so. Yeah. Think because the, the, the way Michigan has to get to this game, their personality, they, and we, we talked about this earlier, 2,900 yards rushing, 2,900 yards passing. They're a very, very, very balanced team. And in today's, you know, today's college football, no one does that. We don't even do that. And people think of us as a running team. Yeah. You, you did tell me that earlier, which that's good, good stat, yeah. by the way. Shout out on that. Um, so are we the more – so in a shootout, in a shootout, who, who is that – his, his, his it's favorite. Georgia. I mean, you know, we talked about we talked about the mailman. We talked about you know Stetson. They've got Cade McNamara. Stetson's a better quarterback than Cade McNamara. We average forty points a game. Yeah, against an SEC slate. Say yeah. what you will about the competition, but they're SEC players. Yeah. Um, that's nothing to, to sneeze at. No, it's not. And, and, and to to put some context around that, yeah, we average forty points a game. Kirby takes his foot off the gas every second half. We beat Arkansas, I think, thirty-seven nothing. We could have beat Arkansas 70 to nothing. It, that game was over in the first three minutes. Of the That's game. Sam Pittman, who's Kirby's boy, right? We're not going to run We beat Vanderbilt, what, 59, nothing, something like that. We could have beat them 169 to nothing. Like, it, 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 it was – so those stats are, are skewed a bit. What are you hearing about the wide receivers, Pickens, Blaylock? They, they coming back? I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting question, right? Like, surely had Pickens not, um, you know, blown his knee out. Last I mean, year. coming back, are they going to be playing oh, this yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, do, yeah, do, we, do we see them on the field yeah. in these next two games? Yeah, we do. And, and so one of the criticisms of Kirby and, and Monkey, and I don't know who it comes from, is the rotation of the wide receivers. And we rotate them way too quick. And I, and I think we're going to see some um, – unfortunately, I think we're going to see some kids transfer out this year because they, they want to be a James, uh, Jameson Williams, you know, who came from Ohio State and didn't do anything, and, and now he's going to be a first-round pick. So. That, that's a knock on Kirby, but I'd like to see Pickens, if he's healthy, playing a lot. So in the in the SEC game, he had that big play in the Looked first awesome. half, yeah. and then he kind of went radio silent. And I don't know if he tapped the helmet. I don't know if, no, if he got away from it. I, I don't understand. I mean, it's that philosophy on offense. It, it, it's antiquated. I get it for running backs, right? Like the way they sell running backs, Georgia sells running backs. They go to Kendall Milton, Fresno, California, and they say, hey, dude. Come to Georgia. We're running back you. And guess what? You're, you're going to get the ball 12 times a game. Your body's going to be fine in three years. Bingo. You're going to go to the NFL. You're going to be a second-round pick. And then you're going to get your second. You're going to be Nick Chubb. You're going to get your second contract for 12 million bucks a year. Don't, 
Look, Derrick Henry's an anomaly, but most of these kids... Todd Gurley's a perfect example. Every example. I mean, they don't last but six, five, four or five years. They can't. They can't. No, they can't. Um, so, so that brings up a good question, though. I mean, the running backs are... You know, we have three or four that rotate through. At any given time, yeah. one of them is dinged up. Yeah. What, what's the health factor going into this game yeah yeah for georgia i think we're actually in pretty good shape right um you know Mil- kendall milton was hurt i haven't seen anything yet if he's coming back zeus looks fresh james cook has made himself so much damn money this year he is awesome just a uh, brother test- awesome too amazing a testament so for those that don't know it's dalvin cook's younger brother yep. a testament to coming back um but i think we're good they're kenny mcintosh what a stud also i mean even like our 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 Dejon Edwards, who's what arguably our fifth, fourth, fifth string, yeah. that guy would start at at you know half of the the Power Five schools. So, uh, what a fantastic running back room! And shout out to uh, the Dogs for bringing in the top rated running back this year. They just signed him the other day, uh, Robinson out of Mississippi. So I, I caught some heat last week for saying that I felt that the coaching matchup in the SEC game was Kirby over Saban. Sure. My reasons were specific, and I laid them out. I'm not going to regurgitate them here, but I was wrong. Um, this week, yeah. or the game, Kirby versus Harbaugh. Yeah. I mean, it's it, again, this could be a podcast in itself also. Um, look, Kirby is a fantastic CEO. Right, you, you've got a, the business slant to this podcast, and Kirby is just an amazing CEO. He runs uh, Georgia like a business. He, uh, with the exception of defense, he delegates authority. Um, he's a fantastic defensive mind. What Kirby lacks, I would say, is an in-game coach. He makes boneheaded decisions, like having Justin Fields run a fake punt, uh, going for it on fourth and nine in the SEC championship game. He's not fa- – he can improve there, and I think most people uh, objectively tell you I that. I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that. Uh, no one recruits better than Kirby. Um, he needs to get over the the hump, though. You've you've got knuckleheads like Gene Chizik, Les Miles, Dokocho, uh that have won national championships. And Kirby has it, right? So he needs to get that monkey off his back, and he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I kind of alluded to it before. Jim Harbaugh is a serial killer. He kills cats. <laughs> um, he puts ketchup on a steak. He wears socks with sandals. The guy's an awful human he's being. An, he's an odd bird. He's, he's, a, he's an odd bird. Yeah, they were so excited to have him in Michigan. And by the way, I, I, sh- I, I should have said this, that I'm pretty excited about this matchup with Michigan. I've always liked Michigan. I got no problem with Michigan. Amazing. We have lots of friends that went there. Like that's one of the schools that from Georgia, yeah. you know, kids go to, and, and now we have a bunch of friends. Smart there. kids. So, so I, I like that school. Um, can't say the same about Ohio State or no. you know the other Big Ten schools, but I'm, I'm fine with with Michigan. It's and, a great. School. You know, they, they they brought him home, and this is the first time he's really made a splash. And I hate that Georgia's gonna have to end it for him, but that's well, how it's going to be. How often do you have two alumni, alumnus, alumni, I always screw that word up, that are, they're coaching, you know, you got Kirby at Georgia, you yeah. got Harbo cool. at Michigan. Again, he's a serial killer and he definitely gets his steak cooked well done with ketchup on it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, and, what, so what's the score of the game going to be then? All right. So <laughs> I've got very little credibility here because I thought Georgia was going to smoke Alabama. We all did. Everybody did. 13, uh, 31-13 dogs. Okay. I think uh, uh, the dogs are pissed. They're pissed. So the line is what, six and a half? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I think you see 17 10 at halftime, something like that. And I see, I, I you know, Kirby's going to give one of his locker room speeches and just go nuts. So I'm a little tighter than you. All right. Uh, I think they get to 30. 
Um, I think Michigan gets to 20. Um, it might be a backdoor, you know, at the end score, but that's garbage, how I see it. Garbage, yeah. yeah, that's how I see it. So I think we're both in agreement. Um, now the, the the question the the question I have because we're going to talk about Cincinnati versus versus uh, Alabama for a minute too. But before I get there, we're the late game, right? We're the seven thirty. Yeah. So we'll be watching at four thirty potentially who Georgia could play. Correct. Now you have been on record saying that you want to play Alabama. At least that's what you said two weeks ago. Yeah. Where, where, so, so if you're if you're rooting for a team to win, who are you rooting for at four thirty? Well, I mean, look, look, listen, I'm a huge Georgia fan. I'd love to see Cincinnati pull the upset. It ain't gonna happen, right? Um, th- th- what I said was, I wish we would have shown up as number four, right? And so one versus four, we would have played Alabama in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl. And they would the reason, never let that happen. They would never let it happen. But but my, my thought process there was, look. We're gonna have to beat Alabama to win Some this whole damn thing, right? And and just for the future of the program, just get yeah. over that. Yeah. Hump. So let, let's just go ahead and play them in, in. And this might be a good segue to the national championship. I might be might be jumping ahead of things here, but let's go ahead and just beat them in Dallas or lose to them, right? Either put me out of my misery or or give me, you know. Um, so it didn't happen like that. Uh, we're gonna smoke Michigan. Alabama is going to smoke Cincinnati. Um, I haven't watched a lot since the dogs played them last year. So my friend, Andy Goldner, yeah. who you know, yeah. um, he is a, he's a big Alabama fan and he's yeah. a, he's a, he's a, didn't he go to Georgia law school? He did. He's, he's an Alabama fan and a Georgia fan, which we always kid, kid him Good about. Lord. Yeah. What, 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 you know, convenience. He that chooses, guy needs but, therapy, but he does. He, yeah, we'll give him credit. He does root for Alabama. Um, he grew up, his dad was an Alabama fan. So before today, when I talked to him this morning, I, I couldn't have told you anything about this game. Um, my my understanding of Cincinnati is like Barry Larkin was their shortstop in the eighties. Yeah, right. I mean that, that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> Pete Rose, Pete Big Rose. Red Machine. Uh, who's their Who's their first baseman that always kills the Braves? I don't remember. Oh, God. Uh, Sabo. No, no, no. Current day. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget. Um, anyway, that's my that's my. So he told. So a couple of things about Cincinnati today. Cincinnati has. Uh, a pretty good cornerback named Kobe Bryant. I did not know that. Who was named after Kobe Bryant. That's not surprising, yeah. But he spells his name differently. C-O-B-Y, Bryant. Okay. Apparently he's really good. They also have a cornerback named Sauce Gardner. I mean, these are fantastic. You heard of this guy? No. So Sauce Gardner, this is amazing. He has the title as the most bored player in college football. Because he's on an island. They don't throw his way. Revis Island. Yeah. So apparently these two guys just lock it down on the outside. And that's their strength. And so what he, what, he, what he was saying as an Alabama fan, his concerns are kind of the typical, you know, looking past a, 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 an opponent that you should be better than, you know, injuries that, that, that Alabama's facing with, with, with Mechie. Okay. Um, well, Mechie's, you know, he's not a, a turnover here or there. Uh, you know. You guys can't see I'm rolling my eyes right now. I'm just telling you, like, that's what an Alabama fan would say in terms of how this game gets away from them. I, I don't see it happening, um, yeah, I, but I don't know enough about Cincinnati to, to be able to credibly come up with a way that they win. So I'll say this. They're not going to win. Luke Fickle is a, a great coach. I think he's done a great job. Why should Cincinnati be in, in the college playoff, right? They, they, you know, so, so he's done a fantastic job. Their last loss was to the Dogs. Dogs in the Peach Barely Bowl. beat them, by the way. Well, and, and the Dogs, for you know, if you go pull the score, we did barely beat them. We kicked well, a 52-yard field, yeah, field goal. Field goal. Uh, but the Dogs were asleep in the first half. By the way, JT looked awesome in that game. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, look, it's a great story. Bama's going to smoke them. I mean, Lions 14 and a half. Bama covers easily. Well, let, let's say this. Do you think Cincinnati deserved the four spot? I do. I do. Um, and I'll say that. Because, I think so too. Because, you know, you gotta, you've got to open it up, right? This is a weird year in college football. Who else would you have put? Like Baylor, maybe. I mean, I think Dave Rand is a good coach. Uh, this is the year to sort of let somebody from outside of, of the Power Five in. Uh, they did everything. They did everything that was asked of them. They beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame, um, which I was very happy for. Yeah, so, talk about another overrated. So, so I agree. I think they they deserve to be four. You know, this year is one of the reasons why I think that four is the right number. You go to eight, they got go to right twelve. This yeah, there's just there's just too many. You know, then you're arguing over these two or three lost teams and. I don't know, but I, you know, we'll see. I mean, so, we'll see. That's why they play the games. Um, expanding on that, though, like, okay, what I don't like, right? Go back to, I think it was 2018, when Dogs lost to Alabama in the SC Championship game when we pulled that stupid, you know, fake punt with Justin Fields. And um, I think we lost by seven. I think we were three going in, and Alabama was one, right? We lose, and they drop us out of the top five. To me, that's dumb. If you lose to the number one team, you shouldn't drop. Right, if you're number two, you lose. You lose by fifty. Fine, All right. So this was the year I think they actually got it right. I think they've they've, they've screwed it up, you know, in years so, before. But so I have pretty consistently argued that if you don't win your conference, that's fair. Then you should not be in the top four. I quickly pivoted from that position. Well, uh, when Georgia was the benefactor, but I still think that if we're going to have these conferences. And the point is to play a championship game, like you should have to win your conference to get into the four. Well, that, I would agree with that if it was an eight or a 12 team or even a 16 playoff. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the SEC is the dominant conference, right? And, you know, 2017 season when we lost that heartbreaker to, to Alabama, we were the SEC champion, you know? So by that logic, Alabama shouldn't have gotten which, in. Which is why I kind of came up with that. Right. Which is like, yeah, fair, damn it. Right. Yeah, like, what, what, how do these guys get to. Um, but again, I quickly pivoted from that position two weeks ago, and I'm I, so what. I, what I think the best scenario is, honestly, I'm fine with four game. But like, if you are going to expand it, and they are going to expand it at some point, right? Is you go to a eight playoff, you know, eight game play or eighteen playoff, and you've got power five, and you've got three at large, right? But honestly, shit, probably the the top six people the top four teams in the SEC are better than the, the number one team in the Pac-12. You know, like, yeah. They're going to keep expanding because it's, just it's more money. games, more money, more sponsorships. Yeah. Speaking of sponsorships, oh, God. Um, I, we talked about some of these bowl games. Let me, let me just back up and say that I used to really, really like bowl season. Yeah, We used to do those pick em bowls. Yeah. We would do... Uh, all sorts Shout of Shout out to that dude in Michigan that still sent me still from like when I was 16. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does do a good dude job is. with his listserv. I don't care anymore. We're, today is the 17th. There's a game called the Bahamas Bowl being played right now. So I knew you were going to ask this question, and I did a little research, right? And I'm gonna, I want to throw something back at you, right? I'm going to name a sponsor, and you tell me if it's real or if it's not real, right? Oh, interesting. All right, so I, I wrote a few down here. So the Tax Act Texas Bowl, real or not real? Sounds real. It is. The, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. I'm going to say real because... Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made that one. You wouldn't have made it up, yeah. I kind of I kind of blew that. Yeah. All right, here's another one for you. The Zillow.com Boca Raton Bowl. 
I'm going to say not real. You're right. It's the roofclaim.com. Oh my gosh. And I'll finish with this one. The Kenny Powers Myrtle Beach Bowl. It should be. There <laughs> should be. It should be. <laughs> Much better than that Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, yeah, which yeah. I want no part of. Uh, yes. How uh, is there not a Kenny there Powers? Needs, there Beach needs Bowl. to be a Kenny Powers. Or uh, what's the singer that you now like so much? Oh, Robert God. You know, like so much? Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle yeah, Beach. Yeah, um, You know, I hate waxing poetically about, about yesteryear, but I, I remember like January 1st, my mom's birthday January 1st. Yeah, we right. always get together. Uh, shout out to Judy Stein as the twins born, uh, the earliest twins, right? right. Is that right? Yeah, first of the year. Very, good, very good memory. Love you, Judy. <laughs> so uh, we would get together at her sister's house and we'd watch like football game, football game, football game. And it would all lead up to the Rose Bowl at four, which was pageantry. And, yeah. you know, you would know the teams. And, you know, I mean, again, I, I probably won't watch a minute of other than Georgia games. So that's a great point. And like my, my dad really likes college football. He enjoys it. My mom, you know, she likes the dogs, but she doesn't really care. My parents, I don't know, five or six years ago, they, um, they, either they went with friends or they won in an auction. I don't remember. They went to the Rose Bowl. It wasn't when Georgia was playing. It was like a cool thing for them. It's a cool thing to do. They why not? loved it. They went to the Rose yeah. Bowl parade. They went to. The, they, they thought it was awesome. Yeah, and, and why like, not? Again, my dad's a fan, but my mom doesn't really care. But the fact that you, you were able to entice her to do that. Um, I, so so to your direct question, yeah. Like I think the nearest, it was a nearest six bowl. Don't even know. Peach Bowl. Um, um, Sugar Bowl. Point proven. Can't even name them. Either. Right, right, right. Which is a shame. So, you know what game I'm most excited about, though? I, I think the Baylor-Ole Miss game is going to be fun. Lane Kiffin is a national Anything freshman. that involves Lane Kiffin. I, 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 that guy's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How, like, if I were Oklahoma, I would have hired Lane Kiffin. And I talked to my buddy Thomas Masterson. Shout out, Thomas, if you listen to this in, in Dallas. Uh He's a big Oklahoma fan. And he's like, hire Lane. You know what you're getting with it. Like, he's going to blow the program up at some point, but he's going to get you to the next level. The guy is a national he, treasure. He's got old Miss. Him. He's got old Miss, you know, in a New Year's Day bowl. Yeah. Humming, humming along. Old Miss. Old Miss. He's got Matt Corral, right, who's from Long Beach, California, or, or somewhere in L.A., L.A. proper, at Old Miss. I don't, you, I don't know if you've been to Oxford. I have. My sister-in-law went there. We went and stayed. We had a great trip. We took two RVs for a Georgia game, actually. Yeah. In 2001, we took two RVs. There was 20 of us. And we parked them in her yard. What a fun town. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Great. It's great. Uh, what's his name? Went off that day. Um, the guy from Sandy Springs. Remember the running? They caught the- Bron uh, Haynes. Bron Haynes. Yeah, that's right. What a fun trip. So speaking of, um, speaking of Lane Kiffin, he's obviously a great recruiter. I'm not, I'm not huge into following recruiting. I know that you- followed a little bit we have some friends followed a lot yeah. um my general take on recruiting is this i understand it's important yeah of course it is that's why this you know the teams in the top five in recruiting are the teams that are top five on the field i get that yeah. um i am more interested in the sum of all the parts sure. than the individual players right like tell me i'm gonna get 25 guys at georgia we're gonna be one two three four five rinse repeat and i think that's gonna happen under kirby so i don't get caught up in this guy or well, that guy. 17-year-old there, There's so many of them. And, and, and what typically happens, this is not data, this is just my kind of hypothesis. A third of them are good, a third of them are not so good, and a third of them leave, right? And, and you know, the numbers could be a little different. Pretty That's accurate, generally yeah. what happens. So I don't, I don't get too into it, but I did follow the story that we talked about it, this Travis Hunter um, going to Jackson State, the, the, the NIL, all that stuff, all new. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I'm intrigued by it. Um, would love to hear kind of what you think. Uh, is, this, is this a, a game changer in terms of the way we're, the recruiting process is going to go? 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll caveat my statement by saying I don't know a ton about this, right? Um, I've read about it, uh, but it, it doesn't make sense to me, right? Let, let's use Travis Hunter as an example, right? He, uh, he went to Jackson State. Jack, uh, you want to go with Dion, right? Probably one of the most famous football players of sure. all time. Um, allegedly, supposedly, whatever the word is, he got a couple million bucks from Barstool Sports to go there. I heard that did, actually didn't happen. Right. So, so that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even know, right? Um, but let's just say, look, for, for the purposes of the discussion, let's say he did, right? This is what I don't get. What does Barstool Sports get out of it? And we, we, we've been on some... Uh, text threads or our buddy Tom Ludlum. Yeah. And, sure. and and Tom thinks that, and, and he might be right, right? He thinks that, oh, by the way, Tom, you're never right. Um, <laughs> he thinks that, um, that um, it drives page views. And, and that might be, that might be the case, right? So, so at some point, these people that are writing the checks for a million dollars for 50,000, whatever it is, they have to get some ROI, right? I mean, yes, are there some bourbon swilling oil gas guys in Texas that really want Texas A&M, those weirdo Aggies to crush it and, and they'll buy somebody? Sure, that happens. And we have that with our liquor distributors here in, in, in Georgia. But I think at some point this thing's going to run its course, right? So good for Travis Hunter if he did get this money. But I, people want ROI. People don't give away money for free. So I, I, I sometimes I feel like we live in such a vacuum with like who we speak with, similar interests True. than we do. Yeah. Um, it didn't surprise me when, when Barstool Sports was coming out as being connected with him. Like that made a lot of sense to me. It's like, oh, okay, that's, that's right. That's going to be the company, the guys that's kind of up in the forefront of this. But I don't know if 98% of the country knows him as well. Right. But so, I will say this. I was, I was in several different places yesterday with different people, and that came up almost every time. And Barstool Sports was mentioned in that conversation every so, single time. So maybe that makes up for like, – okay, for the sake of this discussion, let's say you got a million and a half bucks. I have no idea what it was. Let's say a million and a half bucks, right? Maybe – uh, the 15th, 16th, and 17th, all those discussions are worth a million and a half dollars in marketing. If they are, God bless. Good More job, Barstool. But I don't think next year this kid's going to go to Jackson State in Mississippi playing in – he's not playing Division One football, right? He's not going to be on TV. And so here's the other thing I would put back to you, right? So no one's going to see him, right? So if, if that got them a million, million and a half dollars in advertising, then, then they're good. They're already good. It's December 17th. They're good. But like – you get to next year and he's not on TV and then he realizes he's playing crappy opponents, right? And he transfers to Georgia, right? Or Florida State where he said he was going to. Does to, to, What happens then? Barstool Sports doesn't care. Mm. They roll with him, right? Do they Do they pay it out one lump sum? I don't know. I don't know. I think so, there's a lot. I know that our buddy Reese Stead who's on here, his brother Pace, uh, Pace is one of, in the forefront on this uh NIL uh, name name imaging and likeness and and he's uh, you probably should bring him on for, yeah for I'm, a you know, I'm all for it look we're all we're all capitalists at heart right yeah, we, we believe sure. in all that we do think these 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 uh, these student athletes you know they make a ton of money for the university and they deserve to be compensated you can argue if that's tuition whatever you want to say um, I just I don't I don't know where it ends I don't know. Um, like for example, JT Daniel, Zaxby paid him a bunch of money this year and he didn't play. What does that look like? This guy, Hunter, if, if he gets, if he does really well for the team, 
my guess is Deion Sanders can get looked at for a Florida State job or Georgia Tech job or ACC job, right? And then does Travis Hunter leave with him? Like, right. it's interesting. We'll see. I mean, I, I disagree with you a little bit in terms of his exposure because I think that ESPN is going to, you know, spotlight every one of his games, at least for this first year. Whereas if you went to Florida State, he's another five star on a team that's going to go six and five in the he, ACC. Right? Yeah. And I, I think he gets a lot. I think I wouldn't have known his name today. But for him making this decision, I, I agree with that. Like, uh, I, I do agree with you there. But I think it, it'll be a short window, right? Like, so yeah, first game of the year next year when they play Alcorn State and there's 14 people at the game. Yeah, I yeah. do think ESPN probably shows up because they, you know, it's a good, it is a good story. I'm a capitalist too. It is a good story. But let's see where, let's see where it ends up when he's a sophomore, you know? Look, I think I'm all for these kids, um, you know, getting paid because. It's garbage that you know uh, that. Um, oh, use Lincoln Riley as an example, right? He could. He was at Oklahoma, right? And he's like, "Peace out. I'm going to California for a writer." And these kids can't go. So I'm oh, all for based the, on that package they gave him. Well, right. I'd be mean, peace out, Norman, Oklahoma as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but you know, look. So the kids couldn't transfer before. They were like handcuffed. So now you open that up, and I think that was a good thing. I like actually the one-time exemption for them to transfer. Um, now getting their name, image, and likeness. I think like Todd Gurley had to sit out in 2014. AJ Green got AJ got Green too on that. Total garbage. Know? So these kids should get paid, uh, and I think it's a work in progress, right? What about the transfer portal? Yeah, yeah. So that that's not saying before. I think I think one time exemption. One time. Yeah. yeah, but I think that this whole um, name, in, name, imaging, and likeness, it's not where it's going to end up, right? Because right now it's kind of whack. Um, they should be compensated. But they're gonna have to figure out how to do it because right now, like it's it's these kids are gonna end up as prima donnas. Like, what happens? You bring Travis Hunter in, right? And he tells Coach Coach Prime, "Go f yourself." You know, when when Coach Prime yells at him the first time, I've already got a million bucks, two million bucks, three million bucks. Absolutely. So I don't know what Deion Sanders' contract is, but I imagine. I mean, he doesn't need that money. But, you don't need but, money, but, but the other coaches in the, in those, in the, in the conferences yeah. aren't making that. And so if you have a player in college yeah. making more than the coach, how's that going to work? Right. Like you just right. said, like, he's like, screw you, coach. Right. I don't need you. I'm just well, going to do my three years and I'm to, gone. To that point, right, let's, let's use something. Today's December 17th. You got Urban Meyer who got canned two days ago, right? He was never able to take his game from the college ranks to the NFL. Now, he's not a great guy, right? But, I mean – he was used to these these kids, right? Just listening to everything he said. He goes to the NFL. These are professionals who are making more money than him. And they said, go pound sand. In one ear, out the other. We didn't work. Sense. So let me give a shout out real quick, though. Sure. Now, this is a, uh, a legal business and a sports thing. I got to say, your, your competition, I hate to prop your competition, Morgan & Morgan, with Jordan Davis. Is it Morgan & Morgan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a fantastic. It's It's the best one I've seen. It's awesome. Yeah. Putting him so, on a size matters. With size, size matters. I don't know what they paid him. I think that is awesome. I love seeing his ass all over, you know, yeah. Atlanta on billboards. Good job, Morgan. Agreed. Morgan. I, I thought that I thought that one was a total fit. Yeah. And Jordan Davis, look, who doesn't like him? Who Everybody doesn't like that likes guy? him. Um, so, so I don't know if we've covered this yet or not, but kind of wrapping this back up with, with some Georgia talk, um, let's, you know, I don't want to put this in the atmosphere, but assume we win. Yeah. Um, put it in the atmosphere. Our, when we win, um, I've heard a lot of folks say, I just can't go back into a stadium against Alabama. I'm certainly not going to travel eight hours and whatever, you know, or fly. And are, are you going to put yourself back into that situation so Josh, on gonna- January, what is it, 11th, 10th? 
10th, I think. 10th. So let, let's get through this, right? Um, you and I have been to a lot of games together. This game could be in Miami. This game could be in New Orleans. It could be in Southern California. It's in Indianapolis. Yeah. Not a desirable place in January. And, and you know, no disrespect to our friends in Indiana listening to this. I don't know. Our friend Lawrence Kessler is not an Indianapolis fan. He loves Kokomo in Indiana. <laughs> um, that being said, I'm a glutton for punishment. So, so I will be there. I have a flight booked. Um, we've alluded to Dr. Taco, our, our friend. He, I can't believe I followed his itinerary. Um, and uh, we were flying into Louisville um, because it's it's tough to get into Indianapolis. And uh, we will um, uh, fly into Louisville. We'll drive to Indianapolis the next day, spend the night there. He wanted to do a bourbon tasting the day of the game. That is, Sean, a terrible idea. Uh, but yeah, yes. So, so I yeah, I mean, there. I'll be there too. It's like, you know, you, him and you haul and, and, but when push comes to shove, I think if, I think if we would have won that game against Alabama four years ago, Absolutely. wouldn't feel the need. We got to get but, the monkey but, up. But back. we need to be there when it happens. We've invested too much, um, not to be there now. And that leads my, my last kind of Georgia question is we, when we, we were in college 97 through Oh one. Yeah. That was Donnan. Tom. And then indirect. Well, I was there a couple more years of law school for direct. Yeah, much smarter. Um, than those I. were different years. I mean, that was eight and four. You know, Citrus Bowl, Outback Bowl. Um, you and me, <laughs> we we wouldn't even get to the games till like halftime. We most prided of the time. ourselves on that. We pride ourselves on it. Like we would, we would. You know, we're in a fraternity, and you'd have the everybody over and the party. And I think me and you were were traditionally or habitually, whatever the right word is, like the last two to leave the house to go to the game, and. That, it was fine. Now, fast forward 20-something years, we, we definitely take a different approach. Some of that is with maturity, I suppose. But also, like, we're a better program now, which is pretty awesome to see, you know, where we are now versus then, which was 9-2, and 8-3. and three. Like, that's what we were coming to expect. Now we're almost spoiled by it's got to be 11-1, and got to be college playoffs. It's, it's a weird it's, – it's wild. So, yeah, that's a great point. So I'm going to start with a Kirby line, right? Kirby says, pressure is a privilege. And I agree. Like, you could use that in work as a parent, right? That, that, that's, an awesome, um, that's an awesome saying. But to take it even further back, right? When we started in college in 1997, right? Jim Donnan, right? We went 10-2. and two. Our quarterback was Mike Bobo. Bobo. Okay. Yep. Kirby Smart was starting in the secondary. So we're getting a little long in the teeth yeah. here, my friend. Um, but I will say, uh, you know, listen, you bring up a great point. Bama was terrible in the early 2000s. Who was their coach? Uh, Francione uh, was one of the Franchione, guys. Uh, Shula Jr. Mike Shula. We, they were awful. So listen, Georgia's probably been the most consistent program over the past 25 years. I, I'd argue with anybody that, anybody to, to take the other side of that. Georgia's been, we haven't not been in a bowl game, I believe, since the mid-90s, right? So, yeah, it, it's totally different. So you went from um, Donner, who I thought was a good coach, right? And, in fact, I thought he got fired too early. I thought he should have gotten an, another year. Uh, our friend Derek Locke snuck into the press conference. I was with him. Remember I was with Derek. Yeah, you were I was there with Derek, yeah. Into Butts Muir yeah. when they fired Donner. Either when they, uh, when they fired Donner. Was Mason going to come? and then No, that was before. That was when we fired uh, Ray Goof. And uh, Glenn Mason was going to come then. So we fired Donner. We brought in Mark Richt, a fresh-faced 40-year-old. Who I, I, listen, I, I catch a lot of flack from our friends. You know this. 
I think Mark Rick is probably the best thing that ever happened in Georgia yeah. football. Turn, um, turn, around. turn the program around. Uh, probably one of the best human beings on the face of the earth. Um, but, but look, at, at the time, I was totally against Mark Rick getting fired. Um, I thought, how can you fire someone that wins 10 games a year, right? For 15 years. How can you do that? We did. Um, I admit I was wrong. Uh, we brought in Kirby. I didn't like the way that the negotiations went with Kirby. It, it was it was all or nothing. All our chips are in, yeah. right? If we didn't hire Kirby, we, we'd end up with some schmuck, right? It worked out. Kirby's the right coach at the right time. So we were at another level. Because you were at the time Tom Herman was available. Tom Herman was available. You, you, your position was... They needed to do more of an exhaustive search. Exactly, that's exactly right. I, I, I because if Kirby turned us down, I, there was no leverage, right? Being being a guy, I'm a banker, right? I, yeah, I work in negotiations all the time. We basically said, "Here, Kirby, you can have it all. What do you want?" And we did. It worked out. It was. The you agree right now? Move. He was the right. I do. At this point, I'll go on record that it was the right move uh, at the right time, and he's taking us to the next level, right? So now, I, my expectations. Our SEC championship game every year. I hope to win it every year. We didn't mm-hmm. obviously do that. Playoffs, yeah. right? It, it, I, I don't give a shit. Pardon my French. I know this is a family show. Nine and three going to the Citrus Bowl doesn't excite me. Looping back to our point earlier, what are even these bowls? So that's right. That's right. All right. So um, we'll finish up with just a few. You know, we'll stick on Georgia. That's what this this particular episode was about. Who was your favorite Georgia player while we were in school? It's a great question. So we were there 97 through 2001. I think the answer has to be, and I'm curious about your answer too. I know one. It got to be Champ Bailey. Can't argue that. I mean, you know, how many dogs are named Champ when we lived in Athens, yeah, right? He's the best. So mine is Heinz Ward. Um, he was, he was, he was, I think a senior when we were freshmen, so yeah. not quite, but I, I, mine, mine with Heinz Ward is a little more with his after as well. Not necessarily in the NFL, but when he lived in Smyrna, I live there, and we we ran each other a few times. I just think he's awesome. I like everything. Yeah. So that's my favorite player when we were there. Um, so you know, to, to your point, I see Champ all the time at yeah, NYO. Yeah. I've never met uh, Heinz Ward, uh, but I will say that there's some talk right now. He's back in the coaching circles. There's a lot of crazy Georgia fans that hope that he. There's a outside possibility that he ends up on that staff. So quick Heinz Ward story. Um, I ran into him at a Waffle House. <clears throat> off the East West connector. Yeah. Sunday afternoon. And you know, he couldn't have been nicer. He was with his daughter or one of his kids. Yeah. And Hey, how you doing? Whatever. Whatever. Not much conversation, but he's very nice. He ordered what you would order at Waffle House, which is at most $10 a person. You're yeah. really hungry. Maybe 12. Yeah. And him and his, him and his kid. Yeah. Our friend, uh, he put a hundred dollar bill on the table on his table and walked out. And I'm Stand like, up. you know what? That's Stand up guy. awesome. Yeah. That, so anyway, he, he's my favorite. Um, all right, stay on that theme. Favorite player, UJ player of all time? So that's a tough question, right? Um, I, uh, I gotta say, Champ is still in that yeah, discussion, yeah, yeah. right? It, it and and Heinz Ward's a great, you know, that, that, uh, he's just an awesome human being. Um, I, 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 tough question. I probably would say Todd Gurley. Right, that dude was a home run threat. Every time he touched the ball, he ran back kicks for us. The guy was awesome. But others that I would name, like put in that same category. Well, let me say mine first, and you can put your other. Okay, go. Um, so mine's No. Sean Marino. It's funny he's not on my list. I, I liked everything about that guy. That that team with him. He was a soldier boy, right? That's now. exactly what it was. See it. He he brought he brought that 
kind of the swag I feel like to the team. Him and um, it was uh, Thomas, Thomas, Tommy, Tommy, two no, Tommy two steps, Tommy two yards, Thomas Brown. I feel like those two. Remember Vern Lundquist and doing doing the, the Soldier Boy, and yeah. we would we would after games we'd go downtown and hold downtowns and so I, I feel like he. He brought that. He's from where? He's from. He's from New Jersey. New Jersey, he's from South Jersey, where actually my boss is from. He's from Middletown, New Jersey. My yeah. boss, Dylan Curley, lives in Rumson, New Jersey. Uh, but he's from that area. And, and, and to Rick's credit, he went out and got him. Yeah. The the so novel, dynamic. He was amazing. Okay, two two things I'll say about that. One, Rick screwed up. They redshirted him. Right? You don't redshirt a badass running back. So we only got two years of him during the Stafford years. Right? We got 2007, which is an amazing year. Mm-hmm. 2008, not as good of a year, but still fun. Uh, he was fantastic. I, I do that. The other names that I would add on this, right? AJ Green, right? A little angry how his career ended. I uh, same, but I mean, look what he did. The guy what was it 10,000 yeah. uh, receptions or something like that. 10,000 yards. I'm sorry, Roquan. I mean, that guy's just absolutely tearing it up right now in the NFL. And the Kobe Dean, by the way, is the next one. He's the next one, yeah. Can't argue with He's a little bit shorter. Nick Chubb. Can't argue with any of that. And I got one more, right? Uh, I got to go to the defensive side. I did did mention real quick. Thomas Davis. Yeah. Thomas Davis. Where where was David Pollock and David Green in your... (laughs) They were playing Little League together. (laughs) How did you say that? Little League When did it take that fastball in the inner half? Yeah. Did you know that Jake Fromm uh, played in the Little Little League League World World Series? Yeah. Yeah. All right. La- last questions. Um, sticking with the UGA theme, favorite game you've attended or favorite games, and then favorite game that you watched and were not there in person. All right. So this is a family show. So we're going to have to keep this PG, right? So favorite games that I've been to, right? That and I, Pretty much all these I've been to with you, right? 1997, Georgia, Florida. Uh, we, didn't know, not, we didn't know what we were doing down there. We were freshmen. We uh, we tried to sell our tickets. Someone offered a $75 King's ticket. Ransom. And, oh, God. We, we tried, Then they got backed out. So we ended up going to the game. We sat in the end zone. Those damn bleachers were just shaking back they were and those, forth. They were the... Uh, temporary. Temporary. Temporary, yeah. And um, Robert Edwards broke that long touchdown run. It was like 49 right yards. Right towards us. Right towards us down the left sideline. My Lord. Uh, that was... I thought they were going to collapse. Right. We didn't know any better. We didn't realize like that was like an unusual event to beat Florida like that. We it were been tw- ten years. We were twenty point underdogs and we won thirty seven. We were eighteen years old. Yeah, we were dumb as shit. Yeah, uh, that was fun. Uh, two thousand two SEC championship game for obvious reasons. We we won thirty to three versus Arkansas. It was just a big ass kicking, but but what a blast. Um, now we'll get it. Two thousand seven. You alluded to it. Two thousand seven Auburn. Uh, Georgia game. The blackout and the blackout. We like to refer to it as the blackout and a blackout, right? We'll leave it at that again. Family show here. Um, some other, there, there's there's a lot of other good ones. 27, 2012 was a magical season. Uh, we lost that heartbreaker to, I'm not going to mention the game, but we did lose to Alabama um, in the SEC championship game. You and I walked out when, uh, remember Aaron Murray threw that we, interception? We learned, which turned out not to be an interception. We learned, and the car, and we learned the parking lot that we actually had, a, we were driving with a chance to yeah. win. We're like, wait, what? The game wasn't over? You threw a pick. It wasn't a pick. It turned out it got overturned. We left then, so we didn't see the rest of that. Uh, smack us. 2013 UGA LSU. That was my number. That was me and my list. You and I were there. We sat next to each other. We were on like the 40 or 50 on the visitor's side. What an amazing game that was. Aaron Murray versus... And I was a huge Aaron Murray critic until his senior year. He was awesome. Uh, Aaron Murray versus... Um, what was the kid from... Uh, Jamar- uh, Marcus Russell? No, no, no. The kid that transferred from Georgia... 
Oh, uh, Burger. Mettenberger. Mettenberger. Zach Mettenberger. Him and Aaron were together. He was the quarterback at LSU. What a game. Um, That was the epitome of the third in Grantham, right? Grantham. But but we won. We, We... Probably the loudest I've actually ever heard San Francisco. So I was actually wrong when you said that game. I was thinking the one we went to in Baton Rouge. That was my bachelor party. That was your bachelor actually, party. Actually, I should I have mentioned and, that. And that, so we went, we we were in New Orleans. That was and 2008. Then, and then we took a limousine. That was awesome. Again, didn't know what we were doing, to Baton Rouge. And the I will say this, the fans in LSU, and I think a lot of this is because of a mutual respect between yeah. LSU and Georgia, and there's not like a animosity, like not rivals, whatever. Like they could not have been nicer. Well, so I... So, I agree with you. First of all, I'll just say that they were awesome. We this is my bachelor party. I got married in two thousand nine, so we went in two thousand eight. Matthew Stafford was the quarterback, and so, this is going to take thirty seconds here, but I'm going to tell the story. We uh, we took if a limo. Still listening, they're interested yeah. in this stuff. So go ahead. We took a limo from New Orleans. Uh, we were there for you know the bachelor party, and it was eight or nine of us. Um, what a great time! But we got lucky because it was a the CBS game, so it was the three thirty Eastern, two thirty Central time game. And so we probably got there at like noon and those Cajuns weren't liquored up yet. The brown liquor hadn't really been, I, think, I don't know. Well, they were, but everybody says you go there at a night game and it's a totally different thing. Maybe we Maybe. got there. Georgia just stomped them. Killed them. Killed and them. I forget who the linebacker was. Somebody could look this up. It was a middle linebacker had two pick sixes that day. Stafford and Noshawn went nuts. I don't know if you remember this, but we had eight to eight or nine tickets together. Right. And we were in the end zone. We get there. And all of our seats were taken. Mm-hmm. The band had taken our. I seats. ended up with Robert Enel. Yeah, two of us. Yeah. So, so someone from Georgia. It was, it was someone from the Georgia band came down and they moved us. Um, they gave us like six seats in the players' uh, family section. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and Bob moved somewhere else, and then Jeff Toronto and Scott sat somewhere else. Um, Georgia smoked them that day. What a blast! We ended up taking a limo back to. Uh, um, but that, that was 2008. What a great time. So, uh, sorry for the diatribe. Other games, I got two more for you. Yeah. 2017 SEC Championship game. I was there with you also. Lawrence Kessler, David Ziff. Auburn. Uh, uh, what, a, what a fantastic game. And my last favorite game is the 2022 National Championship. There you go. <laughs> well, I agree with you on that. I will, I will add one more game to this. Um, because I'm still angry that we didn't go to the Rose Bowl, yeah. which, which we should have. Um, that was another one of those. It was New Year's Eve or New Year's, of course, New Year's Day. It was yeah, January first. It, it was hard. It was hard to do. We should have gone, but we watched it. Me, you, Sean. Um, I think Bob was there. Lawrence is Robert there. Lawrence and a bunch of people, and we ended up at, at, at a restaurant bar in Buckhead, and and it was great. It was it was great. I mean, you know, that game over. Jordan Adair was with us. Yeah, too. that's exactly right. Yeah. So. Anyway, we could talk about this stuff for hours. Um, what a fun game that one was. That, honestly, people, you, you, ask, you ask that question to a lot of people. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't there. Uh, but if you say one of your favorite games to watch, you're going to get that as, I mean, Baker Mayfield, right? We're getting smoked in the first half. Hot Rod comes in, kicks that field goal right before halftime. Second half, we come out, house on fire. Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, go to overtime. Roquan was amazing, running sideline to sideline. Yeah. What a game. Well, let's do this. Um, I, I think we both agree that there's going to be a game January 10th. Yeah. Uh, if that does happen and when it does happen, 
we'll get together and we'll we'll do a preview of uh, yeah. we'll do a preview of the national championship game. So yeah. you'll so, so so you'll get episode hundred. I, I got a call and, option and, on and, it, and, dude. And, and, and then and then you'll get this one. So I, I got a call um, option. On look, it. we could talk about this stuff for hours. Seriously, I, we, I, we could go for I know. I, know. I, I think this is this has been great. Thank you for uh, being the first guest. I think that it went well. Hopefully, everybody is still listening and enjoyed it. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much for coming. Anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to get out of your brain on the on the topic? Or you what, feel what good? A, what a, what an honor! What a fun time! Um, go dogs! Go dogs!